With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is the Lembit Opic Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to the Lembit Opic Show here on TNT. So good to have you with me. Thank you so many of you on the chat. I'm sorry, I'm just not able to harvest all of your comments. Uh, I'll get through as many as I can. Uh, and also you can call in if you want to. You'll find those phone numbers on the TNT Live uh, website as well. Uh, it's great to be here for three hours today and also on Sunday mornings as well, where we dig deep into facts, share opinions, including my own, and invite you to share yours. Uh, your only duty is to form an opinion for yourself. Think for yourself. Otherwise, you're in the wrong place. If you do entertain the prospect of drawing your own judgments, then welcome to TNT. This is your home as it is mine. And that's why we get such an eclectic and self-motivated group of free thinkers, uh, none greater than the next one uh, from the world of art. Uh, Sam Rapp will join us in just a moment. Uh, she'll explain why she regards herself as an activist and also what she's been doing with dyslexia, turning it into a positive and actually something of a gift. Uh, Sam Rapp has strong opinions and a fantastic eye for art. Uh, using primarily the medium of the spoken word. More of that in just a minute. Uh, before we go in there, I will comment on two stories which have caught my eye. One of them is a slightly unusual one, really. Uh, it's this idea that uh, if you have a midlife crisis, uh, you end up on gladiators. Now, this is a story which touches on a concern I have about the world as we live it, live it now. Uh, I have been a regular contestant on reality TV programs. Why? Because it's fun and it pays quite well. Uh, but I don't think it's really the meaning of life itself. Uh, we were talking uh, with Ivailo Yordanov, my most excellent uh, contributor live from Sofia in Bulgaria a few minutes ago, about the fact that a majority of Bulgarians would tend to prefer someone like Donald Trump. Why? Because apparently he is the charismatic personality that people in Bulgaria like. And here's my question which we won't necessarily explore much today, but I certainly want to return to in the future. To what extent has politics and celebrity merged? Have we found a new political class of people who want to be famous, who want to be politicians for the sake of being politicians? Certainly, when I look at the chat, that's the inference in, in some of the comments I've been looking at. Uh, but also the other aspect of this is a concern which I've harbored increasingly as the years have gone by, that in the past we had people who wanted to do politics to get an outcome. They entered the political sphere because they saw something wrong with the world and they wanted to put it right. I'd suggest that was very much the case with the Northern Ireland politicians who came in and tried to fix injustice as they saw it, and in the end tried to fix violence as they experienced it, even though some of them were responsible for that violence themselves. And now we have people who seem to want the title rather than the opportunity to make the world better. I don't doubt that many times they have good intentions, but they don't seem to have a clear focus. Boris Johnson, who I say is someone I know very well and I've always had a good experience interacting with, seemed to want to be prime minister above all else. And when he became prime minister, 
he didn't seem to know what to do with it. That seems to be a malaise which also bedeviled the party that I was a, a member of parliament for. When Nick Clegg, who was the leader and then became deputy prime minister, destroyed the party. And I believe that's because he wanted to be something rather than do something. And this leads me to my second set of observations before we talk to Sam. The opposite is the case in the politics of Northern Ireland. If you don't know, Northern Ireland is one of the states that form the United Kingdom. It's on the island of Ireland. And for centuries, there has been trouble there, as primarily uh, the Westminster government across hundreds of years has sought to control the whole island and then eventually a part of that island. That led to trouble, and I lived through that trouble. And then I did politics in that trouble, and it was dangerous, and sometimes it was frightening. But what I learned was that the men and women of violence had a mission, and without them justifying why they were violent, they could explain it. And it was because they were dedicated to a cause, even at the risk of life to themselves and others. So putting those two things together, I see this. We have celebrity politicians, not all of whom are bad, but some of whom just want to be celebrity politicians. And then we have politicians who become celebrities by virtue of the deeds and dedication they have shown in their sometimes dangerous careers. I would always have the latter rather than the former. I would prefer the late Benazir Bhutto, who I was honored to know, because she put her country first and her life second and paid the ultimate price for that by being assassinated. I would prefer Martin McGuinness and the late Reverend Ian Paisley, both of whom were sworn enemies, but were central to brokering a peace which has saved hundreds of lives since the Northern Ireland process was successful. And I would prefer the people who fight for freedom, even at the cost of their own, such as Martin Luther King, who paid for his life, paid for his campaign with his life, and Nelson Mandela, who was ultimately successful in liberating his entire country. I wonder what you think. Has something gone wrong in the kind of people who we choose to lead us? And can it be recovered? I hope it can, because for me, the only reason to go into politics is for what you can do for others. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, with Sam Rapp and others uh, in just a moment. If you've got a view about what I've said, then go to the TNT site, uh, express your views, and you can call in. You'll find the numbers wherever you are in the world on our site as well. Coming up next, it's Sam Rapp with me, Lambitopic, on TNT. Keeping the commitment 24-7. I come to you for facts. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Sam Rapp, it's been a while. How have you been and where are you? Oh, it's been fantastic. And I've been very well. Thank you very much. And you look amazing yourself. Um, <laughs> I, am, I am in Kent, near London. Um, I'm sitting in my office at home. <laughs> uh, I thank you for your kind compliments. I have the most fantastic studio facilities now but also i'm doing exercise sam who'd have thought it Yay! i go swimming i go swimming <laughs> i have a healthier diet i sleep properly who would have thought it but then i'm 58 
I had to slow wow. down. Wow, that's amazing. That, no, you don't. You have to start. That's that's the time <laughs> you start. You never slow down. You carry on and you do what you want to do and you have fun with life. And I really liked what you said just a moment ago about all the all the various different leaders and um you know Nelson Mandela and what he went through to to get rid of apartheid and to um, show that it, equality is the way and fairness is the way and there's so many things there. Um, we could go on forever about these various <laughs> subjects. Yeah, well, I'm, but, uh, I'm glad I'm glad you do like that view. I have been thinking about this increasingly because uh, I was in Wales uh, uh, last Sunday night. In fact, I left as soon as I finished the show. And Mally Bites asked me, how did my speech go at uh, Any Answers in a place called Clanechley, which is just oh, about as far. Yeah, it's just about as far from where I live as you can go west without falling into the sea. Uh, it was uh, an 800 kilometre return journey made worse by the fact that on my return, they'd shut down the motorway for maintenance. So I spent of one and a have. half hours. Yeah, of course they did. Driving along <laughs> pothole ridden um, uh fox uh covered roads where all the villages were 20 miles per hour it was horrendous yeah but uh, yeah. in answer to what mali bite said uh i really loved it it was great to see dan and stan who who run voice of wales and are very independent thinkers and they are regular contributors to my uh show here on lembert opic uh show as well uh, and uh i really enjoyed it but what i've learned sam is that the public want outcomes and they're frustrated the uh, politicians often on the way up want outcomes and they're frustrated, but so many of them at the top are just looking for virtue signaling solutions. Well, mm -hmm. how do you feel about our political system? We'll talk about culture and what you're doing in a minute, but what's yeah. your perspective? I think the whole thing is um, going from massive nose drive. I think it's very damaged. I think we can't, the, the trust has gone. Um, I think with with the COVID inquiries, with all the issues over COVID, what happened, all the people sadly losing their lives, um, I think the trust has definitely gone. When when you hear that people aren't telling the truth and what's come out in all the various inquiries that have happened and the committee meetings, and and still they deny it, still they 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 say nothing was wrong despite a suitcase of wine going into number ten. You know, so it's 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 really I think that trust has severely been damaged. And I'm not quite sure how we re rebuild that trust when we've got a cost of living crisis. We've got people who can't afford to pay their mortgage and you you get other people who come up, uh, a minister who said, um, I, I earn 118,000 or thereabouts a year and I can't pay my mortgage. And you've got a massive divide that is similar to what the Victorian times was like. You, you see people going to food banks. Food banks are a, a fairly modern concept. Um, they weren't known when I was growing up. And and now we've got food banks, we've got um, hygiene banks, we've got lots of different types of things to help and support people. We've got homelessness crisis. We've got people who can't afford to get on the property ladder. Um, and, and we've got knife crime and crime going up. And I think the whole the whole system is just breaking down and we don't have politicians who seem to listen to what we're trying to say. And this is the overlap between politics and what you do.
tell us, Sam, what, how would you define yourself? Um, I define myself as, um, I hope, a voice for maybe somebody who doesn't have a voice or maybe are shy. I, I'm a writer, I perform as Sam Rapp, the dyslexic poet, highlighting neurodiversity in people who have non-visible disabilities. So for example, if anybody doesn't know, dyslexia means you have poor memory recall, sequencing can be slightly out and your words are upside down and jumbled in your head quite a bit. And I sometimes say things like, ark, ark, ark car when I mean car park um which I often get um up on. um and it it's it's highlighting those issues you'd have difficulty with spelling reading grammar I take ages to read a book I'm also dyscalculous and all these long words don't really help but they were invented in the 19th century <laughs> um <clears throat> to try and um say them and spell them but that means that i struggle with um maths so for example if you said to me sam what's nine times seven i'd look at you and say i don't know i have no idea what that is but if you said to me um okay what's 30 meters again i would have no idea what that is but if you said to me it's it's 30 meters is between that pink car and that black car i'd understand that because I'm visual, I'm a visual dyslexic, so I can see things differently. And that's really what dyslexia is. It's thinking outside the box and looking at the world in a different way. And I highlight those issues through my writing and my public speaking to make it inclusive and that everybody who feels that they can't do anything, I say, you can, you can do it and you are valued. Lots of comments. I'll, I'll share them in in the second uh, part of our show but uh, sam you saying that reminds me i lent you 10 pounds and then i lent you five pounds so you owe me a hundred thousand pounds now sam <laughs> can i get away with that no <laughs> you right. can give me a hundred thousand though I'll, I'll have that i'll take that but how would you know <laughs> um, well i'll the... just i'll just get i just get an accountant to count it for me and say here Good point well made. <laughs> uh, now, in terms of the way you describe dyslexia, I'm a, I'm colorblind. It, 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 it irritates me. It's not really a, a massive problem. It, it's a bit irritating at times. And uh, it means I tend to wear quite plain clothes because at least I know that they fit and, and so forth. Uh, but with dyslexia, uh, there's no real advantage to being colorblind, but you're making it sound like dyslexia uh, in your line of work, the way you've chosen to define it is actually a, a, an advantage potentially. I think it is. <laughs> when I look, when I first got diagnosed, I went through all my education without knowing I was dyslexic. I was called stupid, thick. You won't amount to anything. You're not going to get any qualifications. You won't do anything in your life. I've been there, stood there with the dunce's hat on. I've experienced it. I've experienced the bullying, the discrimination. And I decided once I got my diagnosis and I've been through all that, I left school with no qualifications. I've been homeless. I've had loads of different experiences because I was flat on my face on the ground and I didn't know how to get up. And then one day when I got my diagnosis, I got up. And that's when I started shouting about it. I became the dyslexic poet. People were coming up to me saying, I've had those similar experiences. I left school with no qualifications. I got into trouble with the police, not me personally, but 
people who've come up mm. to me and told me. Um, I've I've had this experience, that experience. And so I thought, well, why can't I help people? Why can't I make this positive and show them that you can do things and you're not left on the shelf and that you are valued as a human being um, and you do have worth? So that's why I decided I don't care about whether I can spell very well or whether my grammar is out or whether you mark me with a red pen because I want to know what's inside my head that goes on a page. I've always had stories in my head and those stories can come out upside down, round around, round the ring rows, but I know what I want to say and I know how I can say it. Mm. Um, and so I do creative writing workshops and I well, make it inclusive. Let's come back to that in just a moment because we need to go to a break, Sam. Uh, lots okay. and lots of comments, so don't go away. I'll share some of those comments just after the break. Uh, I wonder if you're dyslexic. I wonder if you relate to what Sam said. Maybe you, you deal with something else, then put it in the chat. Uh, let's have this conversation. In the next section, I want to ask Sam how she uses her art uh, and her expression to make a cultural and a social contribution. All of that with me on the Lembido Big Show right here on TNT. See you in a minute. TNT's Abby Roberts. So this is the headline in The Guardian. Pleasure of sex is a gift from God, but avoid porn. Pope advises. What is it with religious people and sex? Isn't there anything else that's 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 more important to worry about? And this is what uh, this is what Pope Francis uh, say. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it in an Italian accent just to be even more offensive. Sexual pleasure is a gift from God, but Catholics must avoid pornography. Pope Francis has said. The Pontiff. Oh, I will tell you what though, he was all for giving people lots of pricks during 2021. Bloody hell, mRNA's fine, but just not porn. Abby Roberts on TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. One reason people tune in to TNT Radio is often because they're loyal to a specific show or personality. Our personalities have been a part of people's daily routine, and people continue to tune in. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to the Lemidopic Show here on TNT. So many comments, so much chat, and I'm with Sam Rapp, who describes herself in beautiful terms as the dyslexic poet, but also she's of great significance in the world of art and turning that art into empowering messaging for the general public and sometimes the ignored public. Uh, lots of comments coming in. Let me just kind of try and get through them. Sorry, I won't be able to go through everything. Uh, Jane's referring to my comments about uh, Northern Ireland or the North of Ireland, depending where you come from. She says, it's a troubled land, Lembit. Violence never solved anything here. I'm a nationalist who naively supported Sinn Féin, but they are a party of the globalist. It's now the DUP who I support. My old enemy has become my friend. Can you believe it? Paul Fru, for one, has been fantastic. Many nationalists now feel the same. Jane, that's what I've noticed too. I'm actually quite sympathetic to Sinn Féin, perhaps because I know many of the leading people there. I think they made a phenomenal journey in terms of where they started and uh, the the humble beginnings of their political voice at uh, the peak of the troubles. 
but I see the point. I don't think that the reinstatement of the Northern Ireland peace process, uh, or not that the assembly, to be precise, the peace process is there. I'm not sure it'll solve everything, but it'll solve a lot more than uh, a stasis. I'm going to try and get a Sinn Féin member of parliament on next week. No guarantees yet. We're in negotiations, but I'll try and give her an hour, and then you can ask your questions of her as well. Uh, uh, Mighty huge respect to you, Lembert. I salute you, sir, well, for going to Llanechli. Yeah, I agree. I think I deserve it. I got home at 4 a.m. <laughs> to take my kid to school at 8. Deborah says... Uh, I believe they get into politics as they want to do the right thing, but then politicians get groomed or they get compromised, although some are just bullies. That was my experience, Deborah. Those people who just want to be politicians, they end up being uh, uh, seduced, if you like, by the job, and then they they compromise their values uh, to stay there. Sam, you wanted to say something about that? Yeah, I think I think they get greedy. I think they miss the reason why they're in politics and they're in politics to represent their constituents. And when you sometimes see them not doing that or doing something that's against what their constituents want or they should be doing, then I think it questions that. For example, they should be there to be available to vote on very important matters and not maybe on TV. Um, they should be there to support their constituents. And a lot of them are, don't get me wrong, this is just a very general um, uh, uh, concept. But I, I think that some of them go into politics for the wrong idea. If I was going to go into politics, I'd go there to absolutely represent that person to the best of my ability to help as many people as I could. And I know you can't help everybody. You can at least have that starting point. And I sometimes think they get sidelined by that. They're, there's too many options available for them to do other things. There's quite a lot of chat, which I can't go into. Sorry, folks uh in detail but look at the chat go to the tnt site it's really worth doing fascinating uh, descriptions and questions including one from hidden in plain sight about whether martin mcginnis was a double agent uh that's really a question for you jane you might want to reply in, in the chat i want to go back to the dyslexia point with you now sam uh just hidden hidden once again says dyslexia is as varied as each individual anyone can be uh if their two sides of brain are not communicating by the central brain function. And I can tell you something unusual about myself. I realized years ago, I can do two things at once, two quite complicated things at once, as long as one was emotional or empathic and the other was logical and analytical. And I've always been able to do that. It seems to me, all that's happening in your head is that there is a bit of a software or a hardware point missing uh, and then you just improvise in a different way yeah that's a really good way of putting it um but i i i like it i actually now i accept it and it's taken a long time to accept it you know gone for all the mental health um i i thought uh, you know especially when you're at school you're at primary school and you think you're you're different why can't i read that book as fast as my friend can read it why can't i do that but i'm good at stories or i'm good at art or i'm good at sport but why can't i read or write why why am i get pulled up all the time and and when you're younger you you really struggle with that and it's only when you get older and you realize actually it doesn't matter whether your brain malfunctions or whether you're you've got a software issue um because your brain has got two different things so mine's got like a strand that's different to everybody else's and you just think 
I can I can take that. I can accept that. I can accept who I am, and I love it. I absolutely love the fact that I'm I've I've got this because I can promote the goodness and and not the bad things. Because I've been there. I've done that. I've been through the bad patch, and now I'm happy. Uh, uh, this the the debate on the chat influences my debate with you a little bit because I think we've touched on a. Or, or dug into a very rich seam here. Deborah asked me, so Levitt, what makes you different? Do you think you've stuck to your guns and I thank you for a great show? Oh, thank you, uh, Deborah. Uh, I don't think I'm particularly different. It's a question of degree. Um, yeah. A bit like what you're saying, Sam, my strength is my weakness. Sometimes I get, I get paralyzed into stasis, into not doing something because I'm wrestling with the emotional side. I can see what the analytical side is, and then I don't do it. And that really annoys people around me sometimes. They think that I'm not caring or something, but it's actually because I'm looking at an email and I think I can see the holistic answer and it's too big. So I go and do something mm -hmm. else instead. So, yeah. Deborah, I can't say it's entirely a blessing, but it does have advantages. Maybe maybe that's something a little bit I have in common with you, Sam, though I don't get the sense that you get stuck like I do. Do you? I, I sometimes do. I sometimes have those moments I I I've had so many <laughs> years of counselling. I've kind of got round how to deal with it, and 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 I always look at the positive, and I think, okay, so do I knock on that person's door or not? Do do I feel that I'm worth knocking on that door? And yes, I do. If you'd have asked me that question six years ago, I'd have said no. And it's I, because. I I, I think I just see things now in a different way. And and being dyslexic allows me that. I want to thank you at this point, halfway through our hour, for giving me all this free counselling. I'm finding it quite empowering myself, <laughs> to be honest. Right, um, I'm going to work out my fees here. Well, it, <laughs> and you've it, got a it'll, coming, no bit. <laughs> it'll be £100 and £1,000, so that'll be £3. Oh um, gosh, I, I don't do the zeros very well. That's the distance. That's great. That's so cruel. <laughs> I know it's cruel. I, I I know it's cruel. It'll be thirty meters then. It'll difference between the I'm pink car say and the yellow multi, car. I'm gonna say I've got a multicolored uh, outfit on now. <laughs> well, okay. Touche. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a score draw. <laughs> Holly, I've just got to read Holly's comment out. I was saying I can do two things, significant things at once. Holly says, I can do two as well. Drink and smoke at the same time. Well, enjoy the rugby this afternoon, Holly. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's talk now about the interaction, which I find interesting about your uh, your artistic contributions. We'll hear something before the next break that you've written as well. But your artistic contributions and your your social conscience or your political views how do yeah. you how do you assimilate the two i i think that they go hand in hand in many ways because i've always been very passionate about lots of different causes and things you know I, as i said i touched on the fact that i was homeless i i lived in a um i've lived in bed sits squats sofa surf lived in a car i i i think i've done most of it um, and, you know, I, 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 I like to draw upon the fact that I can work with young, young children, you know, young people. So um, making those change, because when I do a lot of public 
speaking, I talk about my journey, my mixed heritage background, my domestic violence background with my family, my homelessness, my disability. Um, and I talk about that. And I bring that all together and saying I didn't have any opportunities. I was told I was stupid. So I was just going to go and work in a factory, which I did. I've done it all. Being a cleaner, factory worker, office worker, I've done loads of different types of jobs. And um, and then one day I met this guy, um, no relationship. Um, he was just a, a normal guy. I had a dog called Spanner. And um, and he just, um, like my dog, got talking, said, you're dyslexic. And I didn't even know what the word meant. I said, what do you mean? And I, I was very standoffish with him. And I said, what do you mean? That's, that's an awful thing to say to someone. What does that mean? I'm not different from anybody else. Because I didn't want that stigmatization. And you'll talk to a lot of people with hidden disabilities or disabilities, and they don't want that stigmatization. They want to be accepted as they are. And so he changed my life. He got me through exams and I, I got qualified. So um, being told I, I couldn't do anything to then getting examinations um, and passing them and getting a degree. But I work closely with um, young people in libraries, in schools. Um, I will be going, um, hopefully, uh, I've done a presentation for prison educators on inclusion and neurodiversity because a lot of people in the prison population uh, have dyslexia. Um, and my workshops are called Fun With Words and they are making writing fun. So I don't care if you sign your name with an X, you can still participate and tell a story. And that's where my sort of passion I suppose, comes from, because I've been through the, the heartache and now I don't want anybody else to go through that. I want everybody to have the same opportunities. Now, this leads to a, a question I didn't expect to ask you. I don't like woke culture. I think that woke culture is virtue signaling rubbish half the time when either trivial or uh, important but not mainstream issues get elevated to the centre stage at the cost of of other things that matter. On, uh, on the other hand, what you're saying is about dyslexia, which doesn't affect the majority of people, and you sound inherently very sensible. It, what's the difference between what you're doing and what woke is? I, I suppose it, it. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it to help other people, and I don't think it's um, help. Uh, I don't think that Woke is completely different because I'm I'm not I don't say I'm woke I'm just doing something for me that I've had those experiences. So uh, you know when I do a presentation, someone comes up to me and says, "I left school with no qualifications." I can say, "Okay, well so did I," and we can work together. And these are the organisations you can contact and try and help because I think that it, you know if you go too far down the other road. Then, then it just comes out the other side not looking very pleasant. And I, and I actually think that if you are passionate about something, you can make a change. Look, if you get 100 people in a room and you've changed one person, you've done your job. You've helped that person. And so that's, that's where I'm sort of coming from. Uh, uh, here's the, lots of comments. Um, oh, Mazzy says we can be Lembit and more. Don't try that at home, folks. No refunds. If you try to live my life, prepare for a big fall. <laughs> <laughs> That's very creative, Mazzy. I've never 
phrase before. I like that. Mazzy, I like that. Yeah. Well, you'll like her more now because Mazzy also says, bless you, Sam. Big thumbs up here. You're really touching on people's views. Uh, uh, just a bloke says, I refer to my daughter's autism as her beautiful otherness. She has a unique and refreshing view of the world. Wouldn't want her any other way. Oh, that's, that's really so nice. Great. That's yeah. so nice. And you know what? When when I started, when I went and submitted some work to a, a theatre once, um, they rejected my work on the basis that it was out of sequence. and um, But they liked the content of the project. Um, and so now, when I submit work, I always sign it. I am amazingly dyslexic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you say? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I think that you're you're getting a lot of support here in the chat as well. Uh, nothing patronising. It's just people agreeing with what you're saying. Um, uh, I would say that you have exceeded my expectations, but you haven't because I had very great expectations. Uh, <laughs> right. So let me let me ask you this then: uh, When you see the world as as it is in a political sense, uh, what do you what do you think uh, of the the general zeitgeist? Do you feel there's a pressure to conform because we do hear these woke people always saying oh let a thousand flowers bloom everyone should be accepted and on the face of it that's what you're saying yeah but everyone is different um everybody has a different view that's the whole point of culture isn't it it's it's understanding different um people's views different languages different concepts different dress you know you could walk down the street in a rainbow cover covered outfit and and if you were in Brighton, you wouldn't get a bat an eyelid. But if you were maybe in a small village in Yorkshire, people would point at you and stare. So I, I think you you just have to be yourself, always be yourself, and come back to that. I I wouldn't want you know somebody somebody said once to me, well, quite a few times, you're not normal, and I said well, what does that mean? I'm not normal. I don't want to be normal if that's what normal looks like. I want to be me and express myself through myself. So, so I think that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I see it. Is it too far a stretch to say that our British political system is currently dyslexic and doesn't realize it? So instead of <laughs> joining the dots, they separate the dots and say, that's better. But instead they I, could actually step back and see the pattern. I, I think our British um, system, um, certainly our political system, is is they they. they I, I would go so far as to say they're not inclusive. You know, when you look at the COVID inquiries and and the briefings where they had um, every night saying um, various things about COVID, they didn't have a BSL interpreter. They didn't have um, people describing themselves if you had somebody who was visually impaired. You didn't have that inclusion. And Scotland had it. Scotland from day one had a BSL interpreter um, for the deaf. Um, and, and we didn't. Why is that? And, and there doesn't seem to be anything about inclusion. For example, Rishi Sunak, the British Prime Minister, came out and said, everybody up to the age of 18 must do maths and must pass maths. Well, what about people with dyscalculia then? How are they going to do that? How are they going to be helped? So, so you know, if they, somebody had said that to me, somebody who doesn't know their full alphabet, somebody who doesn't know their times tables, 
how am I going to then pass a GCSE? I don't know what the equivalent is in Australia, but like a, an exam, if you like, mm. um, in maths, so that I can then progress to maybe going to university or college or get a job. Because if I don't get maths, what happens then? And and how and and that was really badly thought through. Just coming out and saying that, so everybody can do maths. Like everybody can can run six miles. What well, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, you can't. So they need to think before they speak. Let me let me give you the chance, as I always want to <coughs> to do a piece of poetry. If it's about a minute, have you got something that's about a minute long? Yeah, it's about we'll a minute. A break. Over yeah, to you. Okay. It's this called is, My this World. This is poetry by Sam Rapp. Go ahead, introduce it. A dyslexic poet, and it's called My World. My world is upside down. My world is orange with squiggly black texts. My world is different to yours. My world is cruel. My world is dancing on an upside down sun, staring at the moon and touching them both in unison to a tune that makes no sense. My world has ink spread on pages the wrong way round. My world is a mess as I try to calculate on my fingers up to 10. My world is undressed. My world is impressive, fun and full of laughter. My world sees things differently. My world is chaotic, but organized in my mind as I know what I want to say. The words come out in my own conventional style and way. My world sees beauty, large trees stretching on lined lawns where leaves are sprinkling and birds are pecking. My world has brick walls as numbers bypass me. My world doesn't follow structure. My world has its own clock like trains on a track. Listen, you can hear her as nature's heart beats back. My world is okay. My world is dyslexic. My world is dyspraxic. My world is dyscalculia. My world, perfect, just for me. Thank you. Ah, Sam. You described, two thirds of that is my world, but I think yours is happier than mine. Thank you so much. I'm only really kidding. Uh, that is inspirational. And we're going to get one more piece of work from you in the next section as well. But I want to talk uh, about looking ahead and if you ruled the world, what you would be doing differently. Uh, where was Sam Rapp for another quarter of an hour or so? Uh, let me know what you think. I'll read some of your comments out as well. You're getting a very good report on the TNT chat, by the way, Sam. Uh, you'll definitely uh, like some of the comments being made here. Uh, stay with me. Uh, I'm. This is the Lempitopic Show. I'm Lempitopic. This is TNT. See you in a minute. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week when Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about the position of Joe Biden when it comes to late-term abortions, she had the phony rhetoric ready to go. What I will say is majority of Americans, majority of Americans, wants to see their rights protected, wants to see women have their rights protected wants to be able to wants want women to be able to make those deeply deeply personal decisions on their bodies on their own not politicians that's what majority of americans want to see and so the president's going to stand with majority of americans on this issue unborn babies have any rights then? I'm not going to get into that specific. I'm not going to get into that question. Rights for unborn babies? What are you mad? <laughs> but let's take a look at how Americans really feel 
about the issue of abortion. This is from Gallup, May of last year. Only 34% of Americans believe abortion should be legal under all circumstances. 34%, a majority, 64% say limited circumstances or not at all. And in the same poll, only 22% of Americans believe third trimester abortion should be legal at all. It just shows that Karine Jean-Pierre and her leftist buddies are a bunch of liars. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love, and we urgently need to save endangered lands, waters, and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren. The water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience. To learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world, visit nature.org today. Lambert Opic on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back. Quarter of an hour with me before the day flies by on TNT, the home of free speech, where we share facts and our opinions, but we never mix up the two. All you have to do is make a judgment about what you think. In that case, you're in exactly the right place, as is Sam Rapp, my fantastic guest. He's a dyslexic poet and much more besides. Uh, Sam has been sharing her views about dyslexia and the world and the difference between wokeism and, and actually giving people a decent break. So many comments, Sam. Let me read some to you. Uh, Hemingway says, we've become a nation idolizes the likes of Lineker, Packham and Attenborough. And so consequently, we see little problem in appointing politicians just as Boris Johnson, etc. Yes, I'm massively disappointed with David Attenborough. Actually, he seems to have abandoned science. Uh, uh, Deborah says, I think us oddballs are the norm. Everyone is weird. We see the truth and they don't. That's what, what they dumbed out of people. I do agree. Uh, I love the unusualness of uh, the free thinker. I was, uh, I, Sam, I was walking past a shop with my daughter who was five and she said i want a toy and i said well <laughs> let's go into body shop she went i need a toy not a body part which was nice nice way of I saying want, things I want a jane toy. says yeah not a body part yeah it's great um, jane says what a lovely lady is sam i wish there were more like her there are and we're finding them performing a new model army of optimistic and inspirational people and you're one of them by the way uh, as well jane um and uh holly says nation of morons indeed packham yeah well that's a whole different story but we'll go into that next week when i've got brian cat the environmentalist on uh climate expert uh Bite says there's no such thing as normal absolutely agree uh having spent time with dan and stan i certainly second that uh, uh holly agrees that as well uh and mazzy says exactly sam and last of all lots more but i'll just say grumpy old woman says I, I see no value in trying to teach children something they're not capable of learning surely it's much better to concentrate on the things they can do and not sweat 
the rest. Uh, and there are talks about uh, comments about coping strategies and much else. Do keep them coming. Uh, you are absolutely on fire out there today, as are you, Sam. Uh, Sam, I want to talk about this idea of conformism. Uh, to what extent mm. do you think that the problems we have in our society, perhaps a certain sense of despair, which I see, or pessimism, uh, and apparently record school absconding now since the COVID mm. uh, situation is because uh, people have been been given permission to give up. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's that's absolutely right. I think it's it's such a shame. There's so much talent out there that just gets pushed back. I mean, for example, there's such a divide between the haves and the haves nots. You know, if if I want to, for example, put a play on, I have to apply for the Arts Council and then hope that I get it. If you're very wealthy, you don't have to do that because you just put a play on. If you are ill, I don't I don't know about the Australian system, sorry about that, but in England we have the NHS. So if you are ill, you have to go on a waiting list. Um, and you don't always get seen and things get, can get missed and the, the, there's struggles there. There's not the infrastructure to support that anymore. It seems to be a dying concept now. And, you know, I did this project about the NHS trying to help get that more on the map, trying to get people um, uh, to be more aware about the difficulties that are facing the NHS. And I think that that that's in every aspect of why a life. So I don't know about conformism. I've always thought of myself as outside of that concept. I like to wear different clothes. I like to have my hair messy, although I've got my thing on my head, so it's probably quite neat looking. But I, I like to just have a different viewpoint. I like to do, see different films. I like to see foreign films. I like to see theatre. I like to do different things. And and I like to talk to people. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go up and talk to an older person or a younger person. You know, I, I, I like to think that I'm available for everybody to, to, to um, in that respect, you know. So I, d I don't like the word conformism, really. I think I don't, I don't want to wear a suit. I, I want to wear a purple dress. You know, I, d I don't want to have my hair blonde. I want it purple. So I don't know what conformism is, really, because you have to well, identify yourself. But hopefully this is a compliment. I think your hair is really messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sitting, and I'm sitting here, exactly. And you've just described what I'm wearing. I'm wearing a suit. I have short grey hair. I've, I've got a jacket on, a blue shirt, I think, the dark blue yeah, tie. Blue. I think it's blue, and but it's colour. It's fine. Well, I've spent my life trying to conform. That's the irony. I can't do it. I want to conform. I've always wanted to fit in, but I end up talking to people like you instead. <laughs> oh, I'm taking risks today. A grumpy old woman uh, has sent a message that's exactly in line with what you're saying. And I have to tell you that uh, the chat here is so complimentary to your own observations. I'm very proud of our vast viewership and listenership at TNT. Oh, I, I think we're so forming nice. a true uh, community of free thinkers and truly inclusive people, not just people who say, if you're woke, if you're not woke, you're out, which is a big irony, of course. Yeah. Grumpy old woman says, my youngest son, who's now 27, was a man's genius, but absolutely shocking at English. He's also on the autistic spectrum. Contrary to medical advice, I ignored the system and let him play to his strengths. He is amazing. That's pretty much what you were saying as well there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. 
It's because uh, you can let you let people thrive, let them do what they want in that sense. You know, for example, there's there's a different school of thought to not use um, standard education. There's different types of education. So, for example, in Asia, they they teach people to to count with blocks at a very young age. So it's a different way of learning. It's a different way of helping people. And and I absolutely agree with the person who made that comment about let let will thrive into their own way so if I'm good at writing or art or sport let me do that don't make me a mathematician when I can't count I'm beginning to suspect that you're in a conspiracy with our viewers and listeners because absolutely I paid them all paid them all off (laughs) hidden (laughs) has just reflected what you said it says uh absolutely stretching the mind and learning is part of it in young languages music art are as important as maths physics chemistry biology english and our other native christian last one in moderation Uh, i have to say that what i suspect is and this is something that albert einstein the physicist said he said that we value the analytical and discount the emotional it wasn't exactly the right phrase but it's close to that and he thought we had abandoned the kind of things that you are uh, so effervescently describing the joie de vivre, if you like, yeah. the opportunity to stop and watch a sunset or just mm. watch a, a brook or even just a puddle running into yes. a drain. There's a beauty in all of it, but we don't look at it anymore because no. what we want is good mathematicians and people who have great grammar. Yeah. Or why not just run through the puddle laughing? You know, just do something different or have a picnic under an oak tree. You know, um, and I absolutely uh, accept that. It, it's it's so important to express yourselves in different ways and express yourself in a way that you're comfortable with and how you identify with. So it's it's not about, you know, having to do things in a rigid and militarized way. It's about looking at things differently and thinking outside that box. And And of course, Einstein was dyslexic and he struggled at school and he had a terrible time. And yet, look at him. He's Einstein. Uh, Jane says, never conform, break every rule, then, but well, almost, yeah. I learned the almost <laughs> part too late, uh, Jane, in my life. Um, uh, Holly, <laughs> yes, you did mishear me. If you want to know what Holly's asking, you'll have to go to the site. I'm teasing. You need to go to the site anyway. Uh, <laughs> now, lo- looking ahead, Jane, Jane. Sam, so I'm mixing Sam. you and Jane. I, I actually, Sam, I think you're all of the people. I think you're putting all of these messages on because they're reflecting exactly what <laughs> you're typing saying. very quickly. <laughs> well, you're doing a brilliant job in that case. Looking ahead, Sam Rapp, uh, you have, in my view, since I first met you, achieved a kind of renaissance, a steady growth in your uh, abilities. And I sense you're more confident and more uh, determined now even then at the beginning of of our long-standing interaction mm. what do you want to do in 2024 if it, well, you're going to be on way before this but this time next year we make a review what would you say you have achieved for society or for politics or for others in the 12 months ahead i hope that i've achieved that the world is a better place and that um, you know, diversity and intersectionality and inclusion is at the top of what I do, and that and I treat everybody equally. I I'm hoping to put my play on, um, which has <clears throat> a dyslexic theme with the characters. I've applied for Arts Council funding for that. 
I'm doing some poetry performances, including the London uh, Crouch End Literature Festival, um, and part of a dyslexic um, doctor who's speaking about his dyslexic experiences and what he does. Um, and um, I'm hoping that I can um, shout out and, and help people who are dyslexic and, and realize that it's not you can't do anything, you can. And actually, you think outside the box a lot more. So you see the world in a different way. Um, so that's that's where I'm heading. And also my public um, presentations and workshops to to get people in and just have fun. So whenever I do a workshop, I say to parents, cover your ears, because I say to the kids, don't worry about spelling, grammar and punctuation. I want to see what's in your head. I want to see what goes on that page, raw, the story. I don't care about spelling, grammar and punctuation because that's how I see things in a, in a different way. And that's how every most dyslexics see in a different way. Let's squeeze in one more piece of poetry from you, Sam, if you've got something short and sharp. Yes, I've got something short and sharp. I don't know if it's a bit sad, but it's called Snowflakes in August. I'm walking past an old graveyard that's in need of repair, reading messages as I stare amongst tall grass, multicolored weeds that I am glad have not been pulled up, swaying with daisies and buttercups. I pull apart a curtain of summer and read, Mary is laid to rest here, 1916, a woman who is loved by many and laughed her way through life. I wonder about her as the flowers encase her tomb and note she died in winter. I picture the snowflakes settling on her grave. And here I am from a different time wearing a dress and flip-flops. But it's suddenly cold as I watch a single snowflake kiss my hand. Oh, I'll let the listeners and the viewers make their judgment. You just proved why you're being successful, in my view. And... Uh, I'm definitely having you back, Sam. It actually evokes an experience I once had, but I won't go into it now because we haven't got time. Sam, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, I can see our viewers and listeners have been very taken by your commentary, and it's always unexpected, a little bit like your thought processes, what we can come up with. But I think you truly have personified what true acceptance and inclusion is. And I think Mazzy sums it up for me. How beautiful, Sam. Fantastic show, Lambert. Thank you. Uh, I'm really glad that you like it too. Sam, we're out of time. You're going to be back soon, though, I hope. Uh, and uh, uh, obviously, uh, don't be a stranger to us. And hopefully you find a good home in TNT, which is truly the home of free speech as far as we're concerned. And one more. Jane says, I love poetry. Beautiful, Sam. Deborah, beautiful. You've just got a thumbs up there. If you've, if you've got an anthology, what's it called? Or haven't you done um it yet? Rant Dyslexic Me by Sam Rat, the dyslexic poet. There we go. Uh, I want, Thank you I want so 10 much for having me. That's 10%, which is all of your profit. <laughs> Thanks so much indeed. That's Sam Rap. And with that, I come to the end of my three hours, which seems like 20 minutes. I'll be back tomorrow morning from 0900 till midday with some more great guests. And uh, we'll be having a look at uh, an eclectic set of stories and ideas. And of course, I welcome you being involved as well. I, I love having the dialogue with you from all over the world, uh, whether you're writing and whether you're phoning in. This is a place where we can learn together and perhaps become optimistic together as well. I am I'm an optimist about the human race. Why? Because of people like Sam Rapp and Ivalo Yordanov. 
and also Sandy Adams, who are actually fighting the good fight in the interests of positivity. Instead of telling you what's wrong with the world, we're trying to put it right. And not for our sake, but the sake of all humankind. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Big thanks to my team. It's been totally flawless. And uh, I'll be seeing you tomorrow in about 21 hours. Have a great day. Stay tuned to TNT. Keep thinking for yourself. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day.